Um, hi, guys. Hi. Uh, I love a crowd, like I said the last time when I came. Uh, how many of you guys were here? Oh, right. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. Uh, the last time I came, I said I love a responsive crowd, right? Uh, when you're responsive, you pull the best out of me. Okay, you get the best messages when you are responsive. When I know that whatever I'm saying, right, is not falling into like, like on the floor, you know. So when I know that you are receiving, right, uh, I I preach better. Okay, so help me out. Okay, I, I thought that guy was John Wong. Like John. <laughs> okay, um, today I'm gonna talk about encountering God through the eyes of Mary. Okay, then you say, which, which Mary, right? Which Mary? I'm talking about the Mary of Bethany. You guys know that story? Okay, um, just a short introduction myself before I start. Uh, I am currently um, youth pastoring the City Church Youth. Uh, we're not that big a group, probably about 50 people. Uh, and uh, I'm also part of Burning Hearts, that's where Jessica is from as well. Uh, and we serve the body of Christ, basically, right? Um, and you know, Josiah Assembly, I'm going for that, okay? So we are planning for that and we're all going together. My youth ministry is going down and we would love to meet you there as well. Um, I am going to get married in about four months' time uh, <laughs> um, to Jason, you know Jason? Um, yeah, so he is my fiancé and we are, we are journeying together to get married on the 14th of November, okay? So if I invite you, please come, okay? Come and, come and witness our holy matrimony. Um, but other than that, um, I love netball. I, I'm a sporty person, so on, as a hobby, I like taking, photog- like taking photos as well, photography. I love music. Um, what else? What else do you want to know? Nothing else? That can start my sermon already. <laughs> yeah, but basically I have a heart for young people, okay? I love young people and they are my passion. So today I want to talk about encountering God through the eyes of Mary. And like I said, the, the, not, Mary's, uh, not Mary, Jesus' mom, not Mary Magdalene, but Mary of Bethany, okay? So I want to just, uh, just give you a, I don't know, like a, a background to how I encountered God the first time, okay, like a radical way that I encountered God in my own life. Can I do that? Okay, I want to share stories. I want to know you guys better as well. So, um, and I want you to know me better as well, okay? So, um, if you don't know, I was born into a Christian family, okay? I was born into a Christian family. We would go to church every Sunday. I would go to church. I would see the pastors. I was from St. John's and Margaret's, okay? And all the pastors dressed as popes, uh, like, they dress like that, okay? So, as a young person, when I look at the pastor, I'm like, whoa, that's really, that's really cool, uh, okay? But after a while, I would just go to church because my whole family is going to church, okay? And lo and behold, at the age of about six years old, my mom passed away, okay? She had cancer in her right lung. Well, actually, in her left leg that went to her right lung. And so, she had her leg amputated. She had half of her right lung taken out. Okay, and uh, at the age of six years old, when I was six years old, she passed on. And she was 27 then. Very, very young. She gave birth to me when she was 21. <laughs> I am four years late. <laughs> yeah, but she, she passed away. And so I went through a childhood that um, was a bit messed up. But God helped me in place. You know what I mean? Uh, my dad, I didn't live with my dad after that. Uh, my aunt and my uncle raised me up. But my mom, when she was alive, she was a very, very strong Christian, okay? Um, I remember, okay, going 
like coming home from tuition one day and she was caught up in the spirit. Like she was literally encountering God at home and she was like praying, like she would pray for two, three days straight kind of thing, you know. And even in her state of sick, um, like sickness, right? And so she would have um, journals where at the age of 18, my auntie passed to me and I read, you know, that, like during operation, like before she went into the operating theater, she saw Jesus before. Like literally Jesus entered her hospital room with my dad in the room and she saw Jesus giving, giving her peace before she went for her first operation when she was probably about like 22 or 23. You know, so when I read it when I was 18 years old, I was like, what in the world, right? This prayer journal is not meant for anybody to see. It's meant for herself. It was a real recount of what she experienced. And I read it when I was 18 years old when my auntie thought that, you know, I was old enough to go through that, that whole entire journal. So I read that and I was like, wow, Jesus is really real. No, she's not lying, you know. She didn't have to lie. She didn't have to churn out a story in her journal. It was her own prayer journal, right? Um, so at the age of 15, uh, when I, 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 I would go to church every single weekend, okay, with my grandma. My whole family actually backslided because they didn't understand why my mom, who was such a strong Christian, would believe in God and still pass on, right? So only my grandma and I would go to church every day, every single weekend. And the reason why I went to church is this, because it was my mom's dying wish that I would be a strong Christian, I thought it was a legit enough a reason to go to church. Lah. I was like, yeah, I want to fulfill somebody's dying wish, right? So I, I would go. But I would go day in and day. I go Sunday school. I sing songs. I play games. I eat bread. I, I eat snacks with everybody. I go home. The next week, I come again. You know, and after a while, I graduated from Sunday school. Okay? And all my, the other younger ones were like running around in church. And I'm like, seriously, guys, I'm not at the age anymore. So, okay, I went to Sunday service. And I would go to Sunday service every single week. But after Sunday service, right, I, I did ballet last time. So I would wear my ballet clothes like underneath my, my, my jeans and stuff, right? I was the most ironic kid, basically. I would be wearing like a guy. I dressed like a guy. Like, like I, wear, I wore baggy jeans, okay? But underneath my baggy jeans were leotards and tights and stuff like that. So after church, right, I would be like, okay, I'm not going to hang out. I'm going to run for ballet class. So that was my passion at that point in time. I did ballet for 10 years, okay? Um, I can't do a, I can do a split now, but don't ask me to do it, okay? <laughs> yeah, so I, 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 I would go to church day in and day out, but my motivation was this, that I wanted to fulfill my mom's dying wish, okay? Until one day, I still, I, I still went to church and I was like, okay, let's just get this over and done with. And then the pastor called for an altar call. I do not know, I can't remember and I do not know why I went down to the altar, but I, my legs like literally just brought me to the altar. And I went to the front. Okay, if you know Cornerstone, from the back of the, the, the auditorium to the front of the auditorium is very far. Okay, it's like three times this. Okay, so I don't know what brought me to the altar, but I just stood there. Okay, I stood there. And I literally felt God's presence. Okay, I encountered God many times when I was younger. But this time around, it was as if I never encountered... It's like, it was as if my life would be changed the moment I walk out of the altar call. Okay, so I stood there and I was like, okay, God, what are you doing? I feel your presence. I felt like the moment I opened my eyes, God would be right in front of me. So I didn't dare to open my eyes. <laughs> okay, so I just stood there. And then my pastor, my senior pastor, his name is Pastor Young. Okay, he came up to me and he laid hands on me and he said this, 
um, my sister, you know, I just feel like God wants you to know that He loves you. Okay, guys, sorry, it's a bit anticlimax, okay? I know you were hoping for like a great prophetic word whatsoever, but that was all that He said, okay? But I tell you, the words, even though it wasn't fanciful, I stood there and I was bawling my eyes out because I felt the presence of God and I encountered Him that, that afternoon. Okay, I literally, I knew that God loved me through the Bible. I knew that God loved me because people tell me that God loved me. I knew it inside here, but I didn't know it here. So the moment He released that word over me, I encountered the living God for the first time. And I tell you, after that, I wouldn't, I wouldn't run away after service for my belly class anymore. I made an effort to fellowship with people. I made an effort to go for a youth group. And my life literally was changed. Because at that altar, when I encountered God, I made a decision. And I said, God, I will serve you for the rest of my life. Whatever it looks like, I will give my best to you. Okay? And so today, when I talk about encountering God, um, I'm not just talking about encountering a fairy tale. I'm not talking about encountering a concept. I'm not talking about a good story that you would have eventually. Okay? Some of us, we do not have a messy past or a, a bad childhood like I do. You, you, weren't, you weren't in messy drugs. You weren't, in, you weren't like rebellious. But I tell you, you still have a story because the way you have chosen to be faithful is enough of a story. You know, it's good enough. All right? it, is, it is even better than messing up and trying and coming back to God, honestly. Okay, so today I, I feel like when I'm talking about Mary of Bethany, let's position our hearts. Okay, I'm going to preach one of my best sermons. Why? Because it's going to be short for you. Okay, all you young people love short sermons. So I'm going to cut it short. But, but I want you to position your heart and say, God, whatever it looks like, I want to have my own encounter with you. I don't want an encounter that Pastor Joanne has told me about. I don't want an encounter that corporately we have encountered only. I don't want an encounter just because my friend told me about it. I want my own story. Amen? I want my own story. I, I want to turn you to um, uh, Exodus 33 verse 5. Guys, there? Can't hear you guys. All right, okay. Exodus 33, verse 5. Um, now the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there. And this is Moses encountering God, okay? And proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. I know it's a very long uh, scripture, but let me break it down for you, can? Okay. What happens here is that um, Moses encountered God on which mountain? Mount Sinai. Alright? So imagine Moses rose up early and went up to Mount Sinai. And here, Moses encountered God. Okay, he encountered God. And you know, a lot of times, right, in youth ministry, we pray. We say, God, I want more. I want to experience you. I want to know you more. 
what are you actually asking for? Honestly, we say, God, I want to see your glory. I want to see your goodness. I want to see you appear before me. I want to see your power. I want more of you. Do you actually know what you're asking for? It's an honest question. When you say, God, I want to see your glory, we say, show me your glory. You all sing that song? Right? What are you asking and singing about? What is glory? Is it some smoke that appears? Or is it some cloud that appears? Is it, is it Jesus walking into the room? What is glory? Any idea, guys? Sorry, what do you say? No? What is glory? Okay, I want to show you from the scripture. When Moses encountered God, he did not encounter just an, uh, like a, a flaky um, like spirit. All right? He did not just encounter a flaky spirit or a concept or a cloud or, you know, um, like gold dust. He didn't just encounter that. But when Moses encountered God and, and the Lord passed by Moses, right? Okay, this is what Moses said in the scripture, right? The Lord, the Lord, God merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgressions for the generations. So when Moses encountered God's glory, what Moses encountered was, Moses encountered God's characteristics. God, uh, Moses encountered God's personality. Okay? So when you're in youth group and you're, you're singing, show me your glory. This is just a teaching point, okay? You are not just saying, God, I want the cloud to appear in PPH. I just want the cloud to appear in loud gen. I want the light to appear in loud gen. That, the light and cloud without God, right, is nothing. You get what I mean? Okay? But what you're saying is this, God, I want to experience a characteristic of you. You are abounding in mercy. You are good. You are faithful. You forgive my sins. That's why when you come to the altar and you encounter God, there is always a revelation about God, yes? You always encounter something like, oh, God is so faithful to me. He's so good to me. He's so merciful to me. That is why you encounter God. Amen? Okay, so when I talk about Mary, right, I'm not just talking again about a concept. Okay, I'm not just talking about a, a cloud or a gold like gold dust, okay? I'm talking about encountering a man, a man that is fully God and fully man, okay? How many of you know that Jesus is 100% man and 100% God? How does that work? I do not know, okay? I'm still trying to explore that. But he's fully man and he's fully God. So when Mary experienced God, Jesus, okay, she experienced a man that is fully God and fully man. She experienced his characteristics, his personality, his emotions, who he is, his physical attributes, not just some flaky gold dust or gold cloud, okay? All right. So uh, I want to turn you to the first scripture. And that's in Luke 10, verse 38. Are you guys following me? Good. All right. Okay. So just um, 
I want, so I'm talking about a very special woman today, okay? And this special woman, right, the Bible, Jesus says to her, Assuredly, I say to you, wherever the gospel goes, this story will be told to generations and anybody who hears the gospel as a memorial to you. Imagine that, that you have a story for the rest of your life that is told as a legacy to generations after generations. Every single person, the Bible says, Jesus says, that will hear the gospel, would hear of Mary. So if you know the gospel and you haven't heard about Mary today, now's a good chance, amen? Okay, so how, you, how many of you know that Mary's sister is Martha? Okay, then uh, what, about, what about her brother's name? I love that you guys know the Bible. It makes things so much easier for me. <laughs> okay, so the first, there are three instances in the Bible that Mary is recounted for, okay? The first instance is in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Okay, I want to read it to you. Now it happened as they went and he, he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with, men, with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left, to serve, left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled by many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Okay? Here, Jesus visits Mary, Mary and Martha's home. Okay? Picture this with me. He enters the home, and he's welcomed by Mary and Martha. Jess, can help me? All right. So, uh, okay, lah, you'll be Mary. Lah. Okay, so uh, can I get another person to help me? Jeffrey, can you help me? Okay, if you don't know, Jeffrey is uh, from the US. Which state are you from again? Yeah, okay, so uh, get to know him. He's from, well, Daniel Lim from IHOP introduced him to us. He's interning with Burning Hearts right now. Okay, so anyway, um, he's Jesus, okay? I am Martha, la, okay? La, I choose to be Martha, okay? Yeah, okay, so wait, wait, wait. Jesus comes in, okay? And we're like, wow, we really welcome him. And we say, come Jesus, come, come. Sit here, sit here, sit here. Okay? And then Martha, um, uh, Martha, right? Of course, I'll ask you to sit down, right? Okay. Okay, sure. Okay. So, I am Mary. Now I'm Mary, yeah? I choose to sit at the feet of Jesus and hear him teach. Okay? And just teach. And Martha is there. Okay? And you're serving now. I must be very busy serving. Okay, she's serving, 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 serving. Okay, and, and after that, right, can I, can I be Martha? It's easier for me. Come, come, come. Ah, I changed, okay. And, and after I'm serving, 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 right, and my sister is there. Imagine with me, uh, Martha is very, very daring. Okay, she's very daring, you know. You think about this, uh, if Jesus walked into your house, right, and he's a guest, right, don't, okay, don't say Jesus, lah. just say maybe Auntie Wayne comes into your house, Okay. Were you, were you there to say this? Auntie Wing, my sister is sitting there. Can you ask her to help me because she's leaving me alone to serve? Were you there to say that or not? <laughs> you won't, right? But Martha, okay? Martha is so daring. She's serving everything and she's feeling good about herself. Then she sees Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus. Then she's thinking, what is my sister doing again? Every time I have to do all these things. But she's always sitting there, just learning from Jesus. Then what about me? So she said, Jesus, can you tell Mary 
to help me because she has left me alone to serve you. Very daring, right? Very daring. I don't have to say that to anybody. And so Jesus, out of, out of compassion, he says, Martha, Martha, you have been distracted by many things, right? Martha, Martha, you've been distracted by so many things. But, but you see, Mary's chosen the better part. Okay, so, and, and, and Jesus says, you know, Martha, Martha, you have been distracted by much serving, okay? But Mary has chosen to sit at my feet and to hear my word. I like that picture, actually. <laughs> right? Um, and, and she has chosen the better part. Amen? She has chosen the better part. And the Bible says this, you know, she has chosen a better part and this will not be taken away from her. Meaning that whatever Mary has chosen to do and sit at the feet of Jesus, whatever has been deposited into her life will not be taken away from her. But for me, right, as Martha, I can keep serving and serving and serving. But once my, if I, I find my identity in serving, take away the service and I don't know what to do already. But Mary knew it. She knew her identity. She sat there and she heard Jesus' voice. Amen? Thank you. <laughs> Alright, so this is the first incident, okay? Yeah, give them a round of applause. Thank you. Um, so, okay, we count, okay? The first incident is when Jesus visited Mary and Martha's home, okay? Okay, now I want to turn you to the second one. John 11, verse 1 to 44. Okay, second incident uh, where Mary is uh, recounted for in the Bible, okay? This is when Lazarus was dead and he was risen from the grave, okay? So if you read in uh, John chapter 11 verse 1, it says, Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister. And it says that it was that Mary who anointed um, the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick, Okay? I refer you down to verse 17, okay? I'm going to read quite a bit of uh, scripture, so follow me, Ken. Okay. Verse 17. So when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the woman around Mary and Martha to com comfort them concerning their brother. Now Mary, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, uh, now Martha, as soon as she heard Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. So here you see that um, Lazarus has been dead for four day days already. Okay, and so many people from um, Bethany actually came to comfort Mary and Martha. You know, like a funeral, right? People would just come and sit around. Um, now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. You see, uh, Martha is a very daring person, okay? She, she is a mix of boldness and lack of wisdom, to be honest, okay? Jesus, Jesus um, came, okay? And she said, Lord, if you were here earlier, right, my brother wouldn't have died, you know or not? 
why you go and say this kind of thing? <laughs> right or not? Like, why would you go and say something to, like that to Jesus? And so Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Okay, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. So what Martha is saying here is she's not believing that uh, Lazarus will wake up there and then. She's saying that when, you know, how uh, when people pass on, your spirit is revived and it goes to heaven, right? She's talking about that. So she's saying, you know, I, I know that eventually, right, he will be resurrected at the last day. So Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection, the life, and he who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this, Martha? I am the resurrection and the life. The moment I step in, he's saying this, then there shall be no dead thing. Lazarus will be alive. But Martha, do you believe in me? Okay? So Martha said this. And she said, she had said these things. She went her way. No, she said, Yes, Lord, I believe you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Okay? And so, in verse 28, it says, And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary, her sister, saying, The teacher has come and is calling for you. And as soon as Mary heard that, she arose quickly and came to him. Now Jesus had not come into the town, but was in the place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house and comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, following her, said, saying, she's going to the tomb to weep there. 32. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet, saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And, and Verse 33. Therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. 35, Jesus wept. <laughs> the shortest scripture in, in, in history, okay? 36, then the Jews said, see how he loved him? And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Okay, so in this scripture, what Martha did is this. She saw Jesus, she, she made her comment, she said, I believe in you, that you are the resurrection and the life. Then she went to Mary and she said, Mary, Mary, the teacher is here. Can you come out? You know, he's looking for you. So imagine with me, right? Mary was in a crowd of a, a number of people and they were here to comfort her. Okay, but once Mary heard that the teacher is here, she left them and she ran to Martha and she said, Jesus, where are you? And she went to find Jesus. Okay, I want to talk about this. Okay, Mary is so drawn to Jesus, right, that every time Jesus comes, right, she will run to him. Okay, I remind you of the first incident. When Jesus came into the room, she don't even care about serving anymore, right? She would sit at the feet of Jesus. Here, similarly, everybody is here to comfort her, okay? But she didn't even care less. She ran to Jesus. And she said, she said almost the same thing as Martha, okay? Jesus, if you had come earlier, my brother wouldn't have died. But can I tell you something? That the posture of Martha and Mary was very different. Martha did it out of an exclamation and she did it out of frustration. Like, God, really, I believe in you, but if you were here earlier, my brother wouldn't have died. But Mary, her, her past position towards Jesus is this. It's a place of intimacy. She said this, Jesus, if you had come earlier, my brother wouldn't have died. It was a place of faith and intimacy that was, that was, that was groomed in a place of listening to Jesus' word. So, two same responses, but very different intentions and motivations, okay? 
And so I refer you to 38. Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay against it. And so Jesus said, take away the stone, Martha. The sister of him who was dead said to him, Lord, by this time there is a stench, for he has been dead four days. So Jesus is saying, Martha, roll away the stone. Or like anybody who can help me, just roll away the stone. And Martha said, Serious or not, God, he's been dead for four days. The moment I roll away the stone, you know how smelly it will be? This is Martha again, lah. Right? She's very daring, but she's also very honest and very straightforward. So, so Jesus said this, okay? Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? <laughs> so Jesus is very patient to Martha. Martha's like, hey, God, it's really very smelly. You sure you want to roll away the stone? Imagine, ah. Uh, if your brother passed away and Jesus is here and Jesus asks you to roll away the stone, you just jolly well roll away the stone, right? But she said, no, God, very smelly, okay? So Jesus is very patient. She said, he said, uh, Martha, I told you, right, if you believe in me, you would, you, would, you would experience the resurrection of life. So why are you so worried, okay? So, and they took away the stone from the place where the dead man was lying. And Jesus lifted his eyes to the Father and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. Imagine, huh? very dramatic situation. Lazarus is dead for four days. Everybody has uh, gone to the tomb. Jesus says, roll away the tomb. And then Martha, Jesus, very smelly. Eh. Then Jesus, very patient. Martha, okay, address it already. Then after they roll away the, the tomb, and Jesus looked up into heaven. I imagine everybody looking at Jesus. What is he doing now? He, why does he want to roll away the tomb, right? The, 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 the door. And so he looked up and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. That's an element of faith right there, right? And he says, and I know that you always hear me, but because of the people who are standing by me, and I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. In other words, God is, Jesus is saying, Father, I mean, I thank you that you always hear me. But look at all these people around me. They are waiting to witness that I, you have really sent me. So God, can you please show your power right now, okay? And so, and then when he has said these things, he cried out with a loud voice and he looked at Lazarus and he says, Lazarus, come forth, okay? And, and he who had died, Lazarus who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes and his face was red with a cloth, like a mummy lah, basically, okay? And, and Jesus said to him, loose him and let him go. Take off the grave clothes for Lazarus is alive. Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus really came forth, okay? So here I imagine, from the eyes of Mary, Martha is like, Jesus, very smelly. Martha, Mary, you, you see an account there. She didn't say anything. She was just quietly watching and hoping that her saviour would show some power, okay? And she's there and she's watching. And I picture myself as Mary. Imagine Jesus rolled away the tomb and he called forth for Lazarus and Lazarus came forth in grave clothes. I'll be a bit freaked out for a while. But he says, lose the grave clothes, right? And, and Lazarus was really alive and he was, he was, he was fully alive like a, a real man again. I imagine what Mary saw. Picture with me. What was she feeling at that point in time when she saw Jesus literally raise up a dead person? I imagine what Mary would have thought. She encountered Jesus' power 
but she wasn't like a Martha. She didn't voice out things unnecessarily. She stood there and she witnessed it and it was all accumulated inside of her, okay? So this is the second incident. I bring you back to the first incident. When, G- when Jesus was sitting here and Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and Martha was doing her own thing. I imagine, what did Mary see in the encounter? What caused her to be able to sit down and put away everything and sit at the feet of Jesus? And I wonder what Mary was ex- uh, Martha was experiencing when she was serving. Do you know that Martha missed her opportunity to encounter God because she was busy and she was distracted? But Mary chose the better part. I wonder, what did Mary see that lured her into Jesus' presence? I wonder why Mary would choose that, even though in society at that point in time, it is normal for women to be serving. Okay? And I want to turn you to the last scripture. This is in John 12 verse 1. Then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead. So this is after Jesus raised Lazarus. There they made him a supper, and Martha served. See, Martha never learned again. From the first incident, she's serving and distracted. Jesus already said, Martha, Martha, you have been distracted by much serving. Mary has chosen a better part. But Martha still went on her way. Okay, she still served. But Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with Jesus. Verse 3. Then Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus, and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the oil. Okay? And in verse 4, it says, One of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarius and given to the poor? Then he said, He said this, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the money box and he had used it to take what was put in it. And verse 7, Jesus said, Let her alone. She, was, she has kept this for the day on my bureau. For the poor you will always have, but me you do not always have. Okay, so imagine with me, uh, first incident, Mary sat at the feet of Jesus. Second incident, Mary stood at the tombstone witnessing Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. This is the last incident in the Bible that Mary is told about, okay, or recounted for. This is like the accumulation, right, of her experience with God already, okay? That means she encountered Jesus here, she saw his power, she knew Jesus, okay? And so in this incident, when they were preparing supper, this is like the manifestation, right, of Mary. Like she contained, contained all the the experiences until she cannot take it anymore. She has to have an avenue to, to, to manifest that, okay? So Mary was serving again. Okay, and Lazarus sat with Jesus. And then Mary, right, she took a very, a, a pound of very costly oil. Okay, it's called spikenard. Okay, if you smell spikenard, it's actually very, very fragrant. It's very, very pungent actually. Okay, and the Bible says that this um, oil, right, cost her one year's of wages. 
okay? Um, 300 denarius is basically about 20 to 24,000 in our time right now. So it's, I mean, to put it in the context, it's about a fresh graduate's pay for one year lah. Okay, so literally one year, okay. And in verse 3, she's very, very daring in this sense, okay. Mary, in the whole midst of this congregation of the disciples, Lazarus, and Jesus, she took this bottle, okay. She took this bottle. And she came to Jesus. And she knelt down. Okay, I, I, I pause you here for a, while, for a while, okay, pause here. You must understand that in this context, right, whatever Mary did, right, it's already, it's already non-conformity. It's not usual, okay? Women are supposed to be like Martha serving in the kitchen, okay? And so she went into the crowd and, and the disciples and before Jesus and she knelt down and she broke the perfume, okay? If you know in the olden times, okay, the perfume is not like you can, like that, press then. Okay? It's not like you can open, right? Then you pour a bit, okay? When you use perfume then, right? People use it for their wedding night, okay? Because you want to consummate the wedding, right? Or the marriage. So you use this to smell good. Or you pour it out, out to anoint a priest. So you have to literally break the whole thing, okay? You cannot keep a bit one, okay? Once you break, right? It means you use the whole thing. It means 24000 gone, Okay? So, she took this $24,000 perfume and she went to Jesus, okay? And she broke it and she used it, okay? She take, okay? And she wiped the feet of Jesus, okay? And in other versions, it says that she took it and she anointed the head of Jesus. Very weird, right? Okay. If anybody does that in your youth ministry, right? They come in, you'll be like, oh, wow. Hey, dude, dude, chill, chill. This is a bit awkward lah. Why are you doing this? Right? And it's exactly the same thing that the disciples were feeling. Judas Iscariot said, Why are you going to waste this perfume? 20,000, 24,000. You're going to waste for what? Might as well you give it to the poor. Okay? But the intention of Judas is this. He did not really care lah about the 24,000. Okay? He was a thief by nature. So, he, every time he was actually in charge in, in the discipleship, right? Like, you know, there's a treasurer in the youth ministry, right? Okay, he was the treasurer of the disciples. Okay, so what he does uh, is he keeps the money, right? So every time they go somewhere, he will pay. Okay, but then, right, on his own time, he will take the money. Okay, this is Judas. So when he said that, right, Mary, why are you going to waste this? Give it to the poor. Like. He, his intention is not really to give it to the poor. Okay, it's because he wants the money. And he thinks it's a waste of money. Okay, so in other, in other versions, in Matthew and, and Mark, it says the disciples were indignant. They say, why this waste, Mary? Why are you going to waste this and you go and wash Jesus' feet and anoint his head? The second thing is this. She was not conforming to society. But second thing is this. She sat down and she used her hair. Okay? Hair in the olden times, in, in this time of Jesus, is your crown of glory. It's a woman's crown of glory. You shave botak means you've got no more glory. Okay? Means you're not pretty anymore. You, so literally, she laid everything down. She laid her reputation. She laid her beauty down. She laid everything down. And she washed Jesus' feet. And so the disciples were like, Ay, yo, why this waste? Jesus, you, ask, you, you tell her, la, tell her. La. I imagine Martha still busy serving. She don't even know what's happening. Okay? So Martha's out of the story now. Okay? So Mary's here and the disciples are like, Ayah, don't waste lah. This kind of money you can go and sell. We can give to the poor. We can do more missions. 
Then Jesus said, Let her alone, guys. She has kept this for the day of my burial. Because in a few days' time, Jesus is going to the cross. And Mary knew it. Okay? And, 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 and Jesus said, The poor you will always have. Whether I'm here, whether I'm not here anymore, the poor you will always have. So don't go and think about selling this perfume to give to the poor. But I am only with you for a while. And in other versions, right, it says that this story, wherever the gospel goes, this story will be told about Mary as a memorial to her. Mary encountered God. She encountered Jesus, right, to the point that she knew that Jesus is going to go to the cross in a few days' time. I wonder what Mary saw. I wonder how Mary knew. Right? How come the disciples who follow him all the days, right, for like three and a half years, right, they're still very blur, you know. But Mary, even though she didn't journey with the disciples all the time, she knew that Jesus is going to the, go to the cross in a few days' time. So she said, this, breaking this is worth it. And she broke it and she anointed the feet of Jesus. When she did it, right, she didn't do it for fame. In fact, she bore the risk of being judged by the disciples, being judged by the people, and she was judged for being radical. But she encountered Jesus. She knew a part of Jesus that none of the disciples knew. That was why this was worth it to her. Martha couldn't have done the same thing because she was distracted by many things. And when Mary did that, right, she didn't do it uh, for the fame, you know. She wouldn't know that thousands of years later that the Bible would be still talking about her. You know what I mean? She didn't do it for the fame. She did it because she loved Jesus. And this is my, this is my encouragement to you guys that Ma Mary saw a glimpse of what Jesus looked like. She knew him. She encountered him. And that was why she was able to pour out herself for him. Okay, don't get me wrong. I'm not against serving. Okay, I'm not saying that, guys, y'all shouldn't serve. Every day, right, y'all just sit here and worship God. Lah. Then we just sing day and night, night and day, let incense arise. Then we, we don't care about the projection. We don't care whether the aircon is on. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is this, that a lover will always outdo a worker. Okay? It's not, it's, Jesus is not saying, Martha, you are serving me, it's bad. He's not saying that. What Jesus said is this, Martha, you have been serving me to the extent that you've been so distracted. That's why it's bad. But Mary has chosen the better part. And this, no one can take away from her. Amen? And so I want to encourage you as a youth ministry, even as I was praying for you guys for loud gen, I feel like God is so pleased with your faithfulness. I'll be really honest. When you guys are worshipping, I feel a sense of a, a purity that's arising from this place into the heavenly places. But I want to encourage you, don't go on serving and serving and serving to the extent that you lose yourself and the reason for Jesus. Amen? If you want to encounter God, you cannot be distracted by many things. You must position yourself like a Mary and say, God, what do you have to say, Jesus? I want to know all that you have. 
You must be at the place of His power. When, when Jesus came to the town of Bethany to raise Lazarus, Mary left everything and she ran and she saw what Jesus did to raise Lazarus. Some of us need to let go of certain things in our life. Some of us, it's even hard to even come to, to youth group. But can I say one thing? You cannot encounter Him if you don't turn up. So you have to let go. When Jesus came and she knew that Jesus was here, she let go of everything and she ran and she encountered the power of God raising Lazarus. Imagine if Mary didn't turn up. She wouldn't have seen that same power. I think that the third incident wouldn't have happened because she didn't experience enough of God at that point in time. Amen? So because of the two incidences, she was able to, to let go of everything and she chose the better part. She was radical in her love for Jesus and she encountered Him. She poured out herself. She broke $24,000 worth of perfume and she wiped Jesus' feet. My question today to you is this. Is encountering God worth it? Is He worth your time? Is He worth your energy? Is He worth giving up? Uh, uh, four to seven on a Saturday? Is he worth one hour a day to just spend time with him, to sit at his feet, to encounter him? Because we have to position ourselves to want it. Some of you have crushes, right? The guy suddenly, the, the eyes like, not me, not me, okay? We have crushes when we're younger. I speak to the guys, Okay? Guys, you know how it is like to court a woman, a girl, okay? You are the initiator. That's how God has created you to be. You will initiate. There is this tenacity inside of you that says, I want her. I want her. I, I, I want her to be my girlfriend. Or I like her. So I'm pursuing. Girls, most of us just sit and wait lah, for a while lah, until the guy initiates, okay? But what I'm saying is this, you know that tenacity inside of you, that desire for more of that person? Please, please understand that it comes from God, <laughs> okay? It, God created us that way, that we are not satisfied with just mediocre relationships. Even in a friendship, let's say between me and Jessica or me and Pastor Joanne, I'm not satisfied with just surface, right? We want more, we want more. And my encouragement is this, Ask God for the more. Ask God. I mean, Jason has shared with you guys about generations and how we encounter God at the, the, the altar, right? Literally, you know, in generations, moving on to the city churches, Youth Ministry 180, we have a hungry bunch of young people. They're not the most eloquent. They're not the most disciplined, okay? They're not the most... They're working these things out, okay? They have weaknesses. But one thing I know that marks our ministry is the level of hunger, and I pray that in loud Jen, that you would be like a Mary, that you would choose the better part, that you would choose to encounter God on a daily basis, not just on a Saturday, but every time you come here, imagine if all of you get your hair ready and your perfume jars ready to anoint the feet of Jesus, all right? When Jess and, what's your name, sorry? And Jess, oh, Jess Square, okay? When Jess and Jess leads, okay? I tell you, the fragrance will be around this room. When I walk into this room, I will be like, wow, this youth ministry is very different. And I tell you something, it doesn't take much to be a Mary. I'm not de demeaning her abilities, but she chose the right thing. She positioned herself to be intimate with God. 
And that's all that God requires at this point in time. When you are intimate with God, the serving comes naturally. When Pastor Joanne says, hey guys, we're going to plan for something, you will be the first one to say, yes, I want to do it. Because your heart is full. But Martha, she's serving, but you will burn out. You are, this is the short run. Okay? But Mary is the long run. And so, I want to end with this, okay? Lovers outdo workers. So every time you come in, let's be like a Mary. Let's be one that will say, God, what characteristic do you want to show me today? I want the more. Amen? Amen. So let's, just, let's just stand up and can I get the worship team on stage? How are you guys doing? Good. Alright, let's just close our eyes and bow our heads. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You know, I really wonder what Mary saw. I wonder what she saw that brought her to the feet of Jesus. I wonder what she saw in Jesus that caused her to be able to leave the crowd and find him at the tomb. I wonder what, what Mary saw at the point where she decided to break the alabaster jar. I wonder what she saw even after breaking the alabaster jar. And more than that, I wonder how God feels towards Mary. You know, that Mary would choose Him despite of every option in life. That Mary chose Jesus. She chose the better part. And all across this room today, I want to give you an invitation, alright? Some of you can't even find yourself in any of these incidences. Some of you don't even feel like sitting at the feet of Jesus. And I want to tell you today that God is bringing you into that place of intimacy. He is desirous for you. He forgives you and He enjoys you even in the moment of your weakness. And He says, come, come into the intimate place to encounter me today. What is your story? What, what, what has been your encounter in your life that has shaped you? I feel like God wants to give that to you today, right? And for some other people, you are at incident one. You have chosen to sit at the feet of Jesus, but you have a problem with staying there. You know, you, you get weary, you get tired, you say, God, I want to choose other things except you. And, and maybe that's you. And for some of you, maybe you're at the stage where you've experienced God's power. You've seen how God, like Mary, and, and Jesus has raised Lazarus up from the dead. Maybe you have experienced God's power. And you're saying, God, I want to know you more. I want to experience you more. I want to encounter you more. For some of you, you might be at, in, at incident three. You are contemplating whether the, the, the fragrant oil and the alabaster jar is worth breaking at the feet of Jesus. Some of you have decided that you want to break the alabaster jar before the feet of Jesus already. 
But wherever you are at today, okay, wherever, whatever stage, we are starting on a brand new page, okay? And I'm inviting, it says, if you say that, God, God, I want to experience you more. I want to have an encounter with you. I want to be able to be like a Mary to break my alabaster jar because you are worthy. And I want to encounter you. Can I just invite you to just come to the front? Alright? As Jess and the team leads us into the song, you know, just come to the front and say, God, would you let me encounter you in your fullness and in your greatness, in your power. I want to be like a Mary. I want to choose the better part. If that is you, then you want to choose the better part. You want to be like a Mary because you have been like a Martha for quite some time as you check your heart. I want to invite you to come here and we're going to pray for you. We're going to pray that God is going to encounter you and He's going to refresh your heart today. Amen? Thank you, worship team. Pour it out, God. There's nothing worth more
more of God. There is no drive in you. And I want to say something, you know, that I have been in that place before. But I feel like today, God is reminding you, even as you sit in your seats, okay, that that God loves you even in your weakness. That when you feel like there's no fire inside of you anymore and no desire, God says, I will ignite that fire. I will give you that desire. And will you trust me to let go and to run into my arms? Because it's not that complicated. It's not that difficult. It's not that complicated. Mary chose the better part. You know, and if that's you, all eyes closed and all heads bowed, you know, if that's you and you, you want to encounter God and you feel like you, you know, you, you're 50-50, I want to encourage you to take that step of faith to just come up and just experience God. I believe that God is going to pour out His Spirit upon you today. Amen. And for the rest of you here, even as you, as you stand in the presence of God, I feel like God wants to encounter you. And some of you have been tired. Some of you have been weary. You've been serving or you've been distracted. And God says, now is your time. Now is your time. Thank you for choosing the better part. I will not shortchange you. You have chosen a part that is better and it will not be taken away from you for the rest of your life. I feel like today God wants to reveal the love of the Father and He wants to encounter you in a very intimate way. In a way that I cannot detect for you. I cannot tell you what's going to be your encounter or your story. But as you position your heart and you say this, God, I want more of you. He's going to pour it out. You know, under your breath, you know, just under your breath, can you just follow me this prayer, right? Jesus, I want to know you more. I don't know what that entails. I don't know what that entails. But I am hungry. But I'm hungry. And I want to choose the better part. And I want to choose the better part. Jesus, would you take my weakness? Jesus, would you take my weakness? Would you take my sin? Take my sin. Would you take my failures? Take my failures. And turn it all around. And turn it all around. I want to run into your embrace this afternoon. I want to run into your embrace this afternoon. And I trust. And I trust that you love me. That you love me. You are powerful. You are powerful. And you are able to turn it all around. And you are able to turn it all around. Jesus. Jesus. Let me see. Let me see. What Mary saw. What Mary saw. Give me. Give me. An encounter with you this afternoon. An encounter with you this afternoon. Amen. Amen. No, um, the worship team can just continue singing. And just for the next few minutes, okay, just position your hearts and just say, God, after under your breath, God, I want more. 
I want more. I want more. I want more. You know, worship team, right? I know there was holy worship, but if that's you, you need to respond to it. Feel free to go and respond. No worry. I mean, Holy Spirit can move even without music. a second what Jess is saying. I feel that even if you are a leader in this place today, um, there is no expectation for you to have to come out and to pray for people. Um, you can respond to God and align your heart for God in the right place again today. You know, lovers always outdo workers and, and the work can wait for a while. Okay? We won't die if we don't have the workers today, but, but your heart is more important. Your heart is more important. Show love, love, love.
awakening love. He's awakening love. And when you hear the name of Jesus, it's not work anymore, but it's a pleasure that you would delight in the one who came. Now pour it out, God. Pour out our affections to Him today. Thank you, Lord. Tell Him. Tell Him. Tell Him how much you love Him.
Father, I just want to pray that even right now, you root us and ground us in your love. Help us to be established in this love that is so high, so wide, so deep, so long. We say, Lord, 
we give you permission to take us on a journey to discover your love. Lord, I'm asking even right now, would you open our eyes to the worthiness of Christ? Show us the superior pleasure of loving you again, O oh God. And Father, I pray that you give us clean hands and a steadfast spirit, even in our pursuit for you. Father, I'm asking even right now, would you come and burn like a fire in our hearts? Increase, God. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to move. Come and speak identity over us even right now.
really encourage you that that if you have encountered God today that you don't let it stop here that you keep pressing in for more every day you press in for more and you go and search more in His Word you go and spend more time in prayer because whatever you have experienced today it's like it's just scratching the surface you know there's so much more that God has in store for you and, and you know, we've been doing this series, Encounters with Jesus. 
and like I'm preaching next week and all and I've just been like reading the gospels and you know I, I tell you when you when you really read and you encounter the life of Jesus he's he's crazy you know this guy like he came on earth and and it's crazy the, the things that he did I mean he raised someone from the dead and this like it's not even the only resurrection story you know in the gospels I mean other than his own right and and just like Jesus does amazing things he, he came to earth and, and he does amazing things and, and you know it's it's all there for us just go and encounter him in the word it's it's there you know I've been reading next week I'm preaching on the the woman with the issue of blood right and I've read that passage so many times and like every time I read it it's just like whoa there's like something more and and there's there's so much there's so much to encounter so don't be satisfied with whatever you encountered today whatever you experienced today just keep pressing in for more keep asking for more so I'm going to pray and and and, and really, you know, I believe church is not about, it's not just about, like, our Saturday gatherings. So in the week, just keep encountering Him, keep experiencing Him. And, and I can tell you that, that some of my deepest encounters have been just alone in my bedroom, wardrobe, thingy, space. Um, just, just like, just me and Him, you know? It's like you and, you and Jesus, just you alone with Jesus. Okay, so I'm going to pray for you, and we'll see you next week. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you just for your presence and your majesty, your holiness, your power, your grace, and your love for us, God. And we thank you that, God, every time you look at us, you look at us with such love. And so, Father, I pray that you keep us at that place where we're just sitting at your feet and looking into your eyes of love. God, I pray that, that this love will transform our lives, God, as we encounter your love more and more. You will transform us more and more. And so, God, I pray for everyone here. I pray, God, as we go into a new week, I pray that, God, you'll bless us and you keep us hungry for you, God. You keep us thirsty for you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, see you next week.